Please note this podcast does not provide medical advice. The information, images, and other materials contained are for informational purposes only. No information discussed is a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please seek help from your physician for medical questions or advice. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Brain Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Turos. I'm your brain coach. And my goal is to create a community of educators, therapists, clinicians, family members, researchers, and any other person who supports a healthy brain. Thanks for joining us today, and let's get started. I'd like to welcome Leah Roberts to the Brain Coach Podcast. Thank you, Leah, for agreeing to do this. Um, Just so everybody knows, this is a podcast where we're bringing a community together to help encourage a healthy brain. Um, by giving people manageable chunks of information that hopefully they can use. So um, again, welcome. Thank you for agreeing to do this. And just want to get rolling on this to honor everybody's time, but just tell us about your profession, what it is you do and how you got into your profession. So I am an educational consultant, um, also known as a special education advocate. So um, parents, if they have a child who has special needs or they think might have some special needs and need some help within the school system, um, you can hire me to go in and help with the case. So in other words, I'm there fighting for the students' needs. Um, Special education is an entirely different language. Um, And it's really hard to manage because every team is different, every school is different within each district. So understanding the law and understanding how each district does things a little differently is definitely helpful. But, um, you know, mostly it's parents that are calling me that have hit their rock bottom, that have tried to do this their way, have tried to fight for their child and aren't getting what they know their child requires to be successful. There's a few clients that will call from the very beginning. And honestly, that's the easiest, cheapest and best way to do it. Um, But a lot of times you just don't know what you're getting into. Sure. So overwhelming, I bet. Yep. It's incredibly, and it's a very emotional, you know, these parents are in these meetings and it's their baby. And for me, it's not as emotional because they're not my baby. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, I have that background. So I was originally a classroom teacher um, and then got my master's as a reading specialist and did that. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom for five years and decided that was not my best self. (laughs) not everyone's meant to be a stay-at-home mom, I guess. Um, So I went back to work and um, I worked more with special education. So I was the instructional support team teacher in Baltimore County Public Schools. I was the student support team chair and then I was the IEP chair. So I ran special education in the building. Wonderful. So do you mention everyone's position at the team? Yeah. So do most of the clients who come to you already have some kind of evaluation in place or do people just come to you and say, I think there's something up and I'm really not sure what to do. Do you kind of help guide them towards getting an evaluation? Do they always need an evaluation? Um, You always need an evaluation to be found eligible. Yes. And you can go privately and pay out of pocket or you can go through your school system. 
even if the, your child goes to a private school, it's called child find, it's within the IDEA law. Um, but yes, I certainly have people calling asking just, you know, who do I recommend for private testing? But yeah, I would say the majority of clients have already been assessed. Doesn't mean that they don't need a new one. Okay. Um, sometimes that's what I recommend depending, you know, where we are, where they are in their cycles and their cases. But um, yeah, so I definitely have a village of private professionals that I can recommend based upon what the need of the student is and the parents and the, you know, financial is a big piece of this. Special education sure. is not cheap. Um, and it's a huge burden for parents. Absolutely. And frankly, they shouldn't have to, you know, I shouldn't have to have a job. Right. The system right. should be doing it correctly. And unfortunately, right. they just aren't. Right. That's, yeah. So that's part of why I wanted to do this too, is just to get some information out there. So if they, if some, if my families can find someone like you mm -hmm. early in the game, it sounds like that's the best way to go. It is, it's less frustrating because if I have a client who's comes to me that, you know, there's child's been in the system for several years, that's typically years of, a, of things I have to clean up before we can even move forward, right? Um, and the guidelines within the law, there's federal timelines that, you know, the school system uses because they can, and that's what Congress decided. But, you know, you could be waiting half a school year before you get all your documents updated and services in place. So, really you know, it, it's a marathon. That's what I say to everyone. I'm like, this is, this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. This is, this is going to be long and emotional. And, you know, but that's why I'm there to guide them. Right. I just had a conversation with a parent today and she's so nervous to go into this team because the last time she just felt unheard. And I was like, Hey, I'm your shield. I'm your body of armor. I'm there to protect you and your family and get what is needed for your child. Oh, I'm glad you're there. I really am because yeah. it, it can be overwhelming for, for families. Mm -hmm. So are you seeing certain trends or, you know, research um, that excites you or that's interesting um, in your profession? You know, unfortunately, all of the trends in research are about COVID um, right now. Yeah. There is unfortunately not a pandemic clause within the federal guidelines. Um, so a lot of us educators and specialists alike are all kind of, especially, you know, March of 2020 going, what on earth does this really look like for our kids, especially our kids with special needs um, who are already start, you know, they're already behind in many ways, whether it's social, emotionally or academically or both. Um, so that's been really, really difficult. That's the biggest trend. And that, you know, for parents that were home with their kids during their virtual learning experience, the parents had an inkling like maybe something's a little up I don't know we've struggled a little bit through the years with this it was very glowing to this to parents sitting next to their child so that has been the biggest trend is that parents who weren't quite sure if something was going on in the school system didn't really say too much but they kind of always had this feeling they were able to really see that and, and get the help and you know the other trend is that school systems really had their hands tied because of virtual learning. You know, additional adults. If you're if you have a child that requires a one-on-one, -on -one, there was no one-on-one -on -one to be had in virtual learning. Right. That one-on-one, -on -one, once they started up, you know, in the fall of 2020, that one-on-one -on -one was still on a screen. Oh, um, right. So you know, I have clients that quit jobs, who reduced hours, who hired people to come into their home out of pocket to be able to sit with the student because they needed them to. Right. Um, so that's really the trend is just how we're managing COVID because 
legally all school systems have to evaluate a student that is on an IEP or a 504 to say, okay, have you made meaningful progress for the law or have you regressed? Um, and if that's the case, then we have to do what we call compensatory services. So we negotiate with the school system. How do we make up for that lost time? So that's really the big piece right now that we're all dealing with in the private sector of, okay, school starts, like teachers are back in buildings right now. Most students are going back next week. And when are we getting these meetings and how are we doing these assessments? And, um, you know, school systems have already sent out like a blanket general letter to most parents with a sad general offer of compensatory services as a way to try and just squeak through. Right. Um, so, you know, lawyers and, and advocates are saying, no, no, we're individualizing this. You know, we are requesting a meeting, things like that. Yeah. And I've been on some of those. Um, I've been contacted by a lot of um, child law, you know, children and law centers in the area to get those compensatory services in place. And it's some, some of the stories are heartbreaking. It's just, it, it is because, you know, these kiddos, it's just so sad. Their, their day is already a struggle for whatever right. disability is. And then they go to school for six and a half hours a day. And then we're saying, oh, and then after school, you're going to do more. Right. And that's really hard. It's, it sort of feels like a punishment in some ways. And it's really just not fair. And haven't always found the right solutions, you know, like to your point, like therapies and things can happen on the weekends and we can get, try and get private funding for it. But, you know, if you're a dyslexic kid, you still need that Orton Gillingham. Right. <laughs> and when are we going to put it in the day, especially for middle and high schoolers who need those credits? You can't just skip a class. Whereas in elementary school, you know, right. you miss some science, we miss something, it's a little bit more manageable. Right. I know. It's going to be interesting to navigate moving yes. forward. And, and I just, you know, with the Delta variant, those are going to really look like this year and how long they'll be in, in session. So it's it's really scary for, you know, so many parents where they haven't gotten the services that they needed. Right, right. So with that in mind, is there anything you're actually excited about? <laughs> um, I'm excited for when I can go back into a building for a meeting and not be virtual still. Visitors still aren't allowed in most buildings. Right. Um, so that I'm excited about. Um, I'm excited for all the new clients I've gotten, you know, and I'm excited for my kids to go back to school five days a week. <laughs> I think everybody is. <laughs> not gonna lie about that one. Um, <laughs> really excited for that so that I think would be my biggest and and personally just you know planning my next trip to right escape reality for a little bit yes I'm with you there sister yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> okay so do you have a a mantra or a vision statement that you use and if you do would you mind sharing it yeah so I have a couple I mean the first one is I shouldn't have a job um things should be put into place correctly for all students, whether you have special needs or not. Um, and it, it's not a teacher issue. It's not a, a school issue, individual school. It's really a system issue that the system is not properly training their teachers and their administration and their chairs and their psychologists on the law. I mean, it's incredible how many times I've been into a meeting and I, I'm a law expert, whereas the IEP chair really should be the law expert, right? Wow. Um, and it's not fair to the students. It's not fair to the teachers. Um, it's not fair to the parents. 
but my goal and my logo for lack of a better term is building bridges between families and schools you know when teams are successful it's you are actually working as a team um we're all learning from each other we're all open right. to learning we don't have to be the smartest person in the room um, so those are the most successful teams. And, you know, my other goal is to teach parents. They don't want to have to pay for me forever. And I don't want them to have to pay for me forever. I want right. to, you know, I talk about like the first IEP I go through with a parent. It's IEP 101. Technically, it's up to the school system to teach the parents about all the pages and all of the pieces of the law of this document, but they don't. So I go through and teach that parent. I want to arm that parent so that they can be their child's best advocate and not have to have me all the time. Right. And sometimes I would imagine, I know with the clients that I have, um, a lot of times they have the evaluation, but they don't really understand what's in the evaluation or what the data shows. So they don't know what to do with it. They right. Don't, you know, these well, it's, it's all, words on a page. It's, it's like reading Chinese, you know, okay. it's all of these, you know, I would say probably 25% of my clients are teachers, students of teachers. Okay because they know exactly. I mean, I have doctors who are clients, you know, it doesn't matter how intelligent you are or how much schooling you've received. I, you know, I have a master's degree, but I can't walk into a courtroom and be an attorney. We all have our specialty. And I think the most important thing is understanding that data, but then understanding what's next. So if my child has a low processing speed, what does that look like every day for my kid when they walk into school at 8 a.m.? And what, what do I need to do to help my, my child? And what does the school need to do? So just understanding what processing is or whatever it is, but then understanding the what's next, the so what of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that I think is what's kind of lost is the school system, you know, listen, they have a lot of meetings that they have to have. They only have so much time in a day. The people that are at that team are missing time with students. Um, and that's something you have to consider. But at the same time, we have to get the right documents and the parents have to understand and the parents have to agree. So it's, it's a juggling. You're just trying to keep all the balls in the air, get the student what they need and the right amount of time. But a lot of times school systems want to just say, okay, well, we only have 10 minutes left. And you're like, okay, well, we have more than 10 minutes to talk. <laughs> so <laughs> are we coming back? You know, um, so that's, that's really difficult. Yeah, that, that would too be frustrating, I would imagine. Yeah, For everybody. <laughs> well, because as a parent, you're walking in, you're emotional, and everyone else in that room knows everything. And you right. get your documents five days in advance, but it doesn't mean you understood them. Right. And they want to rush through and do that paperwork and get out and get to the next one. And it's not because the school is being mean or rude or disrespectful they have their higher ups on their back saying you have to have this you have to get this and there's a lot of laws within that compliance and those dates like i have to get this document finished by this date or i'm going to get in trouble from you know from the office of special ed or the law office so i can see both sides of it but at the same time there is a way to marry that right there is a way to say like i am going to schedule enough time because a lot of times as an advocate when we're making our next team i'm like can you please reserve two hours it's going to be two hours you know this parents mm -hmm. take time off of work I, you know, th there's a lot of time and money that these parents are doing when I'm involved to do it the right way. And for a parent to not walk away feeling like that wasn't a valuable piece of anyone's time. Right. And now my, my, you know, my kids still doesn't have what they need. Right. Hmm. 
Yeah, I'm glad you're there for them. I really am. Thank you. Thank you. So the next part is what I call the lightning phase. I'm just going to rapid fire question at you, if you don't mind. Are you ready? Got to get your thinking cap on. <laughs> yes, I do. I'm ready. All right, let's do it. So what is the most audacious failure you've had? So like your favorite personal failure and what you learned from it? Um, I think my, this was a hard one. Um, I think my biggest failure was when I was still working in BCPS, I had an administrator who was not great. Um, she actually told our entire faculty that we were the cancer in the community. Oh. It was really a difficult working environment and I was very used and abused and I never spoke up which is so not my personality. <laughs> I know, I can't see that with um, you. I'm fiery. <laughs> um, I, I just never spoke up. I just took it and would go home and cry um, and question what I was doing there. And it was I on the right side of the table. And so I think the best thing that came out of it was it made me want to quit and start my business. And I have never looked back. I have always been grateful. So, you know, to that administrator, thank you. <laughs> It's interesting how life works out, right? It is. You know, as you get older, you figure that stuff out. Yeah. When I was yeah. in my 20s, I probably would have been in their office screaming out of me. That's funny. That's funny. You're mellowed out. Yeah. Well, I got wiser. I picked my battles. <laughs> so what motivates you on days when you're overwhelmed? How do you get over the stickiness? Um, the first thing I really do, to be completely honest, is I play a game on my phone for 10 minutes. Um, it's, or I listen to a podcast. I just have to get out of my head. I recommend um, listening to the brain coach. <laughs> <laughs> nice plug there. Nice plug. Um, but I do, I mean, in the car, when I'm driving carpool, anything, I just, I will listen to a podcast to stop thinking. Um, but what keeps me going are the stories that my clients have, you know, their, their parents are crying. Parents are frustrated. Parents are angry. This kiddo is not okay. And with what is in place for them. And, you know, their future is a lot of part in my hands. So I can't let them down. So yeah, at 10 o'clock at night when I'm still reading documents and I'm exhausted, that's what's keeping me alive. Wow, that's great. I'm so glad you're in the world. Oh, um, so what did, if somebody wanted to go into your profession, what advice or suggestions would you have for people who would be interested in your field? Oh boy. Um, I would definitely say no the law. <laughs> I've certainly been in meetings where I've honestly had to call out the administrator that they that was actually not how the law is written. Why don't we take a break and you call your office of special ed and we'll come back. And they'll come back and said, oh, well, actually Leah was right. You know, know the law and, and know your job is to know, have the most information about this child because that's what you've prepped for. Um, know how to pick your battles. There's certainly people in, there's a lot of personality sitting at that table. And sometimes there's one that feels as though they have to be the smartest person in the room. And how are you going to deal with that so that everyone can still work together and it can still be positive. Um, and I think the other thing is remembering probably 35, 40% of my job is counseling parents, getting them through their emotions. You know, there's many times where I have parents calling me and I really am talking them off the ledge because they're so upset about something and you know, reminding them what the plan is, being there to listen and hold their hand through this experience is a huge piece of what I do. And I, I don't think I was totally prepared for that piece in the beginning. I thought everyone would just be like, thank you so much, right? This is great, I'm helping people, I love what I do, but there's such an emotional component to it. 
And it's hard. I mean, that's what you remember before you go to bed. That's what you remember when you're tired is that emotional piece. And it's, it's hard to always let it go and compartmentalize and then be the mom or be the friend or the wife. Um, that would be my biggest piece is the emotional piece and the law, know what you're doing and, and get a good community of people around you. Because you go, I, mean, I went from a school with, you know, 80 employees to me by myself. <laughs> who are you bouncing ideas off of? You know, who are you talking to? So getting that village of psychologists and lawyers and therapists and, you know, all of those people to help and talk. And be open. Because right? you do, you, you have to be open, right? Just like in a meeting, like I, I don't have to be right all the time. I can admit, oh, that's actually a better idea. Or, oh, no, that wouldn't work. I agree with you. I, I don't, you know, that that's a good reason why that won't work. You have to be open to that. But it's really good to be able to talk to other professionals and kind of play devil's advocate with each other and think like, okay, can you help me think this through? Like if, if I decide that we're going to go this route with this strategy, what are the ramifications? Am I going to still get to my end, my end game for this client? Because right. parents really, parents don't always know what they want, right? They just know what's happening isn't working. And my job is to guide them there. And, you know, a lot of times if I think that a school system cannot meet the child's needs, the parents might say, you know what? No, I want them in my neighborhood school. They have friends there. I love the school. This just, you know, we just need to tweak a couple things. And sometimes it takes parents a while to get to where I think we should have started. But the parents drive that train, right? So you have to deal with that emotional piece of like, well, the parent's not ready and I respect that and you, you are the parent. So I'm gonna do everything I can until you are ready. Wow, that, again, I'm in awe. Awesome. <laughs> Stop, <laughs> thank <laughs> you. So Leah, how can people find you? Um, so I have okay. a Facebook page that's LMR, which is my initials, um, LMR Educational Consulting. I'll be really honest, my goal every summer, I say I'm gonna do better with social media and then I have piles of things to read and never get to it. But you can certainly contact me there. Um, and then I have my website, which is lmreducation.com. Um, again, I always say I'm going to update that and I'm not as great with it. <laughs> I've been really lucky that I've never advertised. It's all just been word of mouth and right. mom's talking on soccer fields. And, you know, I've even had educators I've been in teams with recommend to parents. So I've, I've been really, really lucky that I haven't had to do that, but I can tell you it was on my to-do list this summer. <laughs> Just we all have activities like that on our to-do list. So there's still one more week of summer. <laughs> so. I not really. The teachers are back. So I'm yeah, I know. my I meetings know. are up crazy. and going and it's mediation season. So it's crazy. Yeah. So, so thank you so much for sharing this time with me. I really appreciate it. And there's a lot of good information out there that I know a lot of parents will benefit from. And yeah. And, and I think that thanks for having me. And I think that call people like me call, you know, I know I do a free consult, you know, I've certainly had parents that I'm like, you know, I'm not who you need right now. You need to go to X, Y, and Z, you know, cause we have to make sure we're a good fit. We have to make sure that I can help you. Um, but I think that getting all the help you can get and doing all that research is just so important because it's your, it's your, your kid. Right. And, you know, I have parents that have dyslexic kiddos and they're so concerned about them learning to read. And I completely understand that. And then I say, but do you know anyone who can't read? 
right? So we're going to get them there. It's, it's a hard road, but we're going to get them there. But mm -hmm. it's right. so important to have the knowledge. Yep. That is true. And on those words, I'm going to close this out. So thank you again. And thanks everybody for listening to The Brain Coach. And we'll see you next time. For more information, you can find us on Twitter or Facebook at BrainCogCoach or visit our website at BrainCogCoach.com. I'll see you next time and make it a great day. Thank you.